So I don't know about you all, but I can feel two kind of energetics starting to happen in me. Yeah. There's the talk of tomorrow, what's happening, the different stuff, you know, Uh, a kind of kind of movement starting to happen. And then this other energetic that here am I still in Anapanasati. I'm still here, I'm still breathing, I'm still just in this moment. I'm just feeling, can almost feel like, you know, on a river when two currents meet and you kind of get a kind of push, kind of the edges of these two energetics. And I find it really helpful just to feel into that. I don't know about how it is for you, but for me it's actually a body experience. It's like needing to start shifting orientation. Subtly. But before we come out of this field of collectedness, start to open it up and take it out into the world in our own individual manifestations. It seems valuable while we're in this form, in this time, to continue answering the questions that are arising around Anapanasati. Because it is rare for us all to be gathered. So, I'm aware that for some people will be slightly they're partly in a different current but can we come back sitting here establishing mindfulness in front of us feeling knowing letting, allowing breathing the air, knowing the long breath, the short breath just in this present moment, here and now, the only reality there is. Mm. Trusting as we chant that the Dharma is here and now, leading inward, to be known directly by the wise. We just, we're not just dropping this cultivation here and what is here as Jatindra and I have been repeatedly saying the movement is one of welcoming recognising what's present (coughs) attending to it knowing what the medicine is just keeping practising Applying our understanding of the Four Noble Truths. Learning how this body-mind is affected. So, as I'm saying, I can feel the effect of having to start doing a little planning. Just what the body feels like and what happens when I meet that with awareness. 
Breathing is happening. There's the weight of the body on the ground. Mm. Nothing's going wrong. So we're just we're, we're keeping connected. And then some of you will be present to the the maturing of the experience of breath. It has steadied, there's been an experience of unification of mind, body. Mm. We've come out of the scatteredness, the fragmentation. Mm. And it can be in moments, but it's also partly what we've been cultivating over these last days, isn't it? The mind is a very different dwelling place than it was a week ago. Just noticing what this is like. Stuff is still waving through, doing its thing. But we can connect with this deeper sense of composure. The mind, body, when it's not all thrown around by things. The moments or more, more profoundly. And as we've been saying, as the, as the breath becomes a place where the mind is establishing itself, where it's really connected, breathing is happening, the mind just present to that, in love with that. Mm. Spirits of body changes, sense of delight, fatigue starts arising, and we've been working with that on the chair, out of the chair, <coughs> wherever, and at different times in our practice, you know, we may or may not have these things fruiting. Wherever we are, we're just at that place. So as I talk further into the sutta, it's not that we're necessarily making this movement, either in a practice session or over the time of a retreat. As you know, sometimes you can be having had a really profound sense of the composure of the mind, the capacity of the mind, and then other times... We seem to have no access to that at all. Mm. And we're learning to work with both of these, all of the experience. Mm. So I'm wanting to address in response to questions what it's like when actually this process has just <coughs> kept deepening. Mm. And we've, we've let the body be healed and filled with a sense of well-being and rapture and we've kept letting go more and more deeply into what is actually here. So there's just just the breath, this 
enlarged and changed experience of body and we have let it be drenched with well-being. Either sitting here, sitting out under the trees, wherever it happened. And the, as the object that the mind is associated with gets finer, the experience of mind gets finer. This quality, you can say, of awareness, the knowing, just a sense of everything getting finer. Yeah. So we're just allowing that. And it, as Jatindra and I have been saying, it's about a process of just relaxing. Loosening was the word I was given. Loosening. And just becoming out of even subtle strands of doing. Mm-hmm. And mind is revealed. Mm-hmm. And the sense of how to savour that, gladden that. <coughs> and mm-hmm. you'll have your own way with that. And for some of us, just experiencing this mind freed up brings gladness. And we let that be breathed with this finest, finest breath. And this further allows the mind to stabilize like it gets more luminous, more, more. We get this deeper samadhi in the mind. So anything that has any fragmentation is falling away. And the next phrase in this process is about breathing out, liberating the mind. And what's that like? In in moments or or in this process? And what it can be is the recognition, this is once again very fine. It's almost, this is a a way of understanding that isn't thinking anymore. It's the result of all the contemplation we have been doing. We just see conditionality. Because the mind, this is how it has been trained. You see the rising, passing, we see the mutable, mutable changing quality of this experience of mind. And something on us gives it up. It relinquishes it by itself. It's like 
You thought it was one thing, you find it as another, and you give it up. What are we giving up? We're giving up any of the clinging, any of the doing, any of the wanting, however subtle, that's actually making the mind vibrate. It's like you thought you were holding one thing, you find it's another. And the mind lets go. Yeah. So we we we're then told to you know, we talk through, train with this really knowing impermanence, viraga, naroda, paramitsakana. So the the sense of the fading away. And, and we've talked in detail, Jitin and I, about these qualities, what viraga is. The sense of when the mind ceases doing. What, what it's like when we're really with the fading away, the ending of things. But what I wanted in response to something that was asked in this is in the last bit of the Anapanasati Sutta. It talks about fulfillment of true knowledge and deliverance. And how do the seven enlightenment factors developed and cultivated fulfill true knowledge and deliverance? This may feel like it isn't relevant at all, but each of us will have moments of tasting this. We're we're not even aware of it in some way, but actually... In every moment, we have been cultivating the enlightenment factors. In every moment, when we upright the mind, where we we come out of unwholesome thinking, out of the proliferating mind, into being directly what's here as a dhamma, coming out of the proliferating, knowing, knowing dukkha. Whatever form it's taken, feeling the compassion for that experience and allowing the mind to upright in what is wholesome. Yeah, it's the right effort, all these things are happening just in the moment by moment cultivation. So at this stage, the Buddha says, here a practitioner develops the mindfulness enlightenment factor which is supported by or dependent on or based on seclusion, dispassion, cessation and ripens in relinquishment. 
or matures and release and goes through the different enlightenment factors in the same way and says that this is how the seven enlightenment factors developed and cultivated fulfill true knowledge and deliverance. And that is what the Blessed One said. The community was satisfied and delighted in the Blessed One's words. Yeah. So, what is happening here? So, mindfulness, we will take mindfulness, is, it has been supported or the uh, capacity for mindfulness is strengthened, based on, dependent on seclusion. Now, there are different ways of picking up this word seclusion. We can think of them as a temporary seclusion from hindrances. We can think of it pragmatically as we've been dwelling in seclusion over these last days, Mm. not talking, being in the meditation hall, even if others are here, the seclusion of this cultivation. Mm. It can be that we're out by ourselves at the foot of a tree, Mm. but it's about not being involved with We're just quietening and being here in a mind that has this jitty quoted Paskagi, you know, her use of an unentangled knowing, and she talks about you know, inward going knowing or outward going knowing laid aside. So, this is the kind of seclusion we're talking about with the mind is actually turning inward to investigate, to really see directly into reality. So it's, it's not fragmenting by going out after things all around to think about or do. We're having a time of inwardness, quiet. Just reflection, letting everything unify. Yeah? These are big words and, and profound concepts, so I'm just touching a little bit into them. Dispassion, a tricky word again. And, you know, this is a word we've talked about. For some that word works, for others, for me, the sense of a mind that isn't getting stuff stuck to it, isn't sticking to things. Whatever your experience of this, something where we're no longer experience. Mm. There's a kind of deeper calming in that. Mm. 
sensation. This, this that I referred to just briefly and didn't really say much about fits right into here. Yeah. With a, the broken gong, and I'm ca- carrying with me a very old translation, so it has some words in it that could do with shifting and changing, but become like a broken gong, which is no longer resonant. There will be no harshness in you. And the bit I didn't say yesterday was, you'll be sure to realize Nibbana. <laughs> Critical picture. <laughs> <laughs> so we've, we've talked. Rely on someone. Be sure to rely you, on. You'll be sure to realize Nibbana. Oh, realize. Oh. Yeah, oh. yeah. Which is very nice, isn't it? <laughs> so, what are we talking about? We're talking about a mind experience that we're not talking about something like the kind of quietude or the kind of um, nihilism. We're talking about something that is no longer getting hooked by everything. That isn't, you know, it doesn't see something, hear something, feel something, the mind go into ill will, not wanting, wanting. It's the mind that is able, it's content unto itself on the living. That that tendency to react to everything has fallen away for a moment or for longer. We're not just noisily responding to everything. But we're not, no, there's sense there'll be no harshness in you. I think this, for me, was the bit that was really fascinating. What would it be like to have a mind freed out of harshness? I think my experience of talking with folk and talking to myself is that the one of the great motivators in practice was to, out of wanting to be harmless, to live in a way where I wasn't hurting anything, to really understand how my how I could get caught into thinking, doing, speaking in ways that were not kind. And they had this harshness, either internally or externally. So the Buddha's pointing to, in, in this sutta and in this little verse, that this is a possibility. A mind that has been released out of reactivity, cool, still. 
however it makes sense to you to think about it. And this may feel like, oh, but we know this, each of us knows this, otherwise we wouldn't be here. We've glimpsed it, tasted it. Sometimes we've had times of dwelling deeply in this experience. When we hit the bell and it does not ring the roadar. So we're cultivating mind, mindfulness with this. Can we sense into what that would be like? Mindfulness really freed out of hindrances. It has these factors present in it. And here you know, we get the real rightening, a more profound rightening in relinquishment or in release. The realization of Nibbana. And the, it can be helpful because Nibbana, you know, does it mean, does your heart leap up to the word? But, you know, can we, you know, you'll be sure to realize the sorrowness, the freedom from all stress, the refuge, the island. It can be helpful to put different words into this so that we, we're talking about something in the negative, but so that our heart feels resonant with it, this possibility. And we, we get little moments where something happens and we can just be with it. Fully present, fully awake to it, knowing it. It can be unpleasant or pleasant, it doesn't matter. And you know, talking with many of you, it's almost more exciting when it's unpleasant. <laughs> because you get a sense of what it's like to be freed out of conditions. We're no longer moved around by conditions. It's pleasant, it's unpleasant. All of it we can be awake to. How freeing that is. How do we keep connected with this possibility? 
as we the tone, the holding of this time starts to shift. I don't know about you, but sometimes for me it's just enough to know this possibility. That the mind never sticks in the same way again. Stuff can get a bit entangled, yeah? But something in us knows that that's not who we are. We have this refuge. We know everything can be awoken to. We can be a Buddha, knowing the way things are. So one of the fruitings of practice is unshakable refuge. We know whatever happens is safe. So this is why we cultivate, isn't it? And we take this to whatever extent we resonate with it, we know it, and we take it into whatever we're doing. Listening to our friends at tea time, sitting here, packing up, whatever is going on, it can be known. Cause and effect can be known. So we're, we're as we've been practicing, we've got hours and hours more sitting today, if you like. Just coming back here. And it's usually at these transitions, as we say, the fruit drops. So it's a really precious time to start day, just keeping coming back, knowing what is happening, and the strength that has been being cultivated for presence of samadhi supports that. It's like when the bell rings. We'll go back to the bell and say, this one's resonant. Yeah, the bell rings. What happens for you? Do you abandon your mindfulness and rush out of the room? Notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you hear the bell and the bell is ringing? The bell is ringing all through you. It just marks something else that needs to happen. We pick ourselves up, we bow, we bow, we go out, we attend what we need to attend to. It's the same, isn't it, with this seemingly bigger transition. Watch what happens. 
Let's just sit quietly for a bit and then little questions have been coming and going. So if you want, we can respond to those a bit. And the evening, just reflect more about this transition, this integration, this movement. <coughs> 